0: Lift every voice and sing to earth and heaven. Why is little amethyst singing? Because only a child or someone with childlike faith can sing in a day of adversity. Ah, if we ever needed the Lord, we need him now. Coming up next on It's in the Word.
1: I need it the Lord before we sure do need-
0: Welcome to Us In a Word, a weekly program designed to show you that whatever you're going through or whatever questions you may have, the answers as well as the solution is indeed found in the Word of God. I am your host, Kenyatta the Preacher, and I am so glad that you tuned in. Praying that you are staying safe and is doing well, also praying that your family is staying safe and is being well also, for prayer is indeed essential to our spiritual growth and development. For right now, these are praying times. And if there's a time that we should have a consistent and concrete prayer life, the time is now. I mean, let's face it. If you don't have a concrete prayer life in this day and age, you can forget it. I mean, things are terrible in this world right now. Today, you have chaos all around. Mayhem everywhere you turn. Murder and Violence and hate and racism, which is not new. Racism been around for thousands of years, millenniums, if you will. It's just now we have the ability to record those acts of racial hate and replay it back in front of the whole world. God help us. Yeah, my goodness. Things are a mess. It looks unrepairable. You know, when I think of all these things, for I'm reminded of that very familiar nursery rhyme, "Humpty Dumpty." For when Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But if you notice in that nursery rhyme, nobody ever thought to take Humpty Dumpty to the king. For it was all the king's horses and all the king's men that tried to put Humpty Dumpty together. Nobody thought of taking Humpty Dumpty to the king. For I believe if they would have taken Humpty Dumpty to the king, he would have been able to put them back together again. Just like the King of Kings and Lord of Lords can put this situation back together again. Now, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Oh, that's quite simple. That's Jesus Christ, the Lord of Glory. And he is the only one that can repair this situation that is going on in our world today. Hallelujah.
2: Lord, in the name of Jesus, we enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father. Bless the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, God, for all of your benefits in our lives as the children of God. We thank you, Lord, for grace, God, and mercy in the name of Jesus. Thank you for allowing us to reach more and more people, God, every day because of the joy, Heavenly Father, and blessings that overflow. Oh God in our hearts and father in the name of Jesus we take this time God to say God thank you in the name of Jesus we sing you a song Lord we shout joyfully before you rock of our salvation we come to you with Thanksgiving in the name of Jesus and sing praises unto you father Lord God you are a great God, and you are king above all kings and Lord above above all lords in the name of Jesus father you 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 hold God in the name of Jesus, your hands, God, in the depths of the earth, God, and in the mightiest mountains, God, the seas belong to you, God, because Father, you made it and everything, God, came from your hands. You formed the dry land too in Jesus Christ's name. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, we come to worship you, Father, and say again, thank you, Lord. Hey, God, thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We bow down and worship. Worship you, Father. We kneel before you, Lord, our Lord, our God, our Maker. In Jesus Christ's name, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for being our God and for watching over us, Father. We thank you for attending to us, God, as your flock, God, with tender, loving care in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that whatever we do in in word, Father, or deed, we do all in the name of Jesus Christ. That is, God, with a sincere, pure, unadulterated heart in the name of Jesus, truly converted, Father, and sanctified defied in the name of Jesus God we thank you Lord in the name of Jesus for who you are God we thank you for being for us God and as a result no devil could stop us thank you Lord in the name of Jesus for being our shelter most high God thank you father that in you father we can find rest in the shadow of your almighty in the name of Jesus Christ thank you Lord for being our refuge in a place of safety heavenly father We can trust you, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for rescuing us, God, from every trap and for protecting us from deadly disease, God. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for covering us with your feathers and allowing us, God, to dwell under the shelter of your wings. God, you are faithful, Father, who has promised, God. And thank you, Lord, for being our armor of protection. We are not afraid of the terror of of night, God. We are not afraid of the air of that flies by day. We do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. God, though a thousand fall at our right side and 10,000 are dying all around us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that none of these evils will touch us, God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can open our eyes, Father, and we will see, God, the wicked's punishment We thank you, Father, for being our refuge in the name of Jesus. And thank you, Father, that no evil will ever ever, God, conquer us in the name of Jesus, nor any plague come near our dwelling. Thank you, God, for ordering your angels to protect us wherever we go. Thank you, God, for holding us up with your hand, Father, in the name of Jesus, and never allowing us to strike our foot against the stone. We thank you, God, that we will trample upon lions and cobras. We thank you, God, that we will crush, God, fierce lions and serpents under our feet. God, in the name of Jesus thank you for rescuing us God and for loving us because you loved us daddy we love you in the name of Jesus and we will continue to call on you and we thank you for answering us thank you for being there in the time of trouble thank you for God honoring us God with long life and allowing us to see father your salvation thank you God most importantly for the death burial and resurrection of Christ thank you God for reconciling us God as mankind back to yourself glory hallelujah God belongs to your father in the name of Jesus and God before we go father I thank you in the name of Jesus that one day father once and for all you will crush the devil's head head as we look on and laugh Thank you, Father. You are bad all by yourself. And unto you be the glory and the honor, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Now, if you just tuned in, you've been listening to It's in the Word, a weekly program designed to show you that whatever you're going through, it could be fixed if you go to the Word of God. Hallelujah. And remember, if you miss an episode, you can always catch a rebroadcast of this episode. Just go to our website and it'll lead you to our podcast. And that's in the word podcast.com. Again, that's in the wordpodcast.com. Go on and check us out. Now, Samantha, do you know what time it is? Why, yes. It's time to ask the preacher. Hey, Amen. Amen. So, um, let me get into my listening position and uh, Alright. Put on my I got the staff again. <laughs> amen. All right, so uh we got
3: Okay. Your first question comes from Debbie from Sharon Hill, PA. Why do you call Samantha the beautiful Samantha? Isn't that kind of vain?
0: Okay, why do I call the beautiful Samantha the beautiful Samantha? Well, not only the beautiful Samantha is the most beautiful girl that I've ever dated and eventually end up marrying, I I call her beautiful because God actually calls her beautiful. Now, if you look over in Psalm 149, the Bible says that God will beautify the meek with salvation. So, in essence, everyone who is born again is actually beautiful towards God. Now, it's true that man looks on the outward appearance and the Lord looks on the heart. But when the Lord saves us and washes us in his precious blood, in his sight, we're beautiful. So yes, I'm looking on the outward appearance, but I'm also looking at Samantha like God look at Samantha,
3: which is the beautiful Samantha. Amen. Amen. I like that explanation. Yeah, you should. Now question two is a follow-up question from Patricia from Delaware.
0: Patricia from Delaware. I remember her. You,
3: you do? You remember her?
0: Yeah, she was talking about like dead folks and stuff.
3: Okay. I got a doozy for you.
0: Uh-oh.
3: If the people who have departed can remember, as you previously stated. How do you explain Ecclesiastics 9-5?
0: Okay, so she's saying that the people who have departed, she's refuting that they can remember? Yeah, I do believe she is. Okay, and she's going to the scripture, what is it, Ecclesi- what?
3: Ecclesiastics 9-5.
0: Ecclesiastics 9-5. Let's go to Ecclesiastics 9-5. Okay, Ecclesiastics 9-5. Know it very well, but let's read it. Ecclesiastes 9.5 But the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more of reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Now, Ecclesiastes 9.5 is often used to validate soul sleep. There's a doctrine out there called soul sleep which states that when a person dies, they don't remember anything. They're just in a grave, they're asleep, and there's no consciousness, there's none of that. Now, the Bible doesn't bear witness to soul sleep. In fact, there's no passages that states that the soul actually sleeps at any time. In fact, even when we're sleeping, our soul is not asleep. That's why dreams take place. But the scripture in Ecclesiastics is not talking about the soul. It's actually talking about your body. When it says that the dead doesn't know anything, it's basically referring to the bodies who are in the grave. Like, my grandmother passed away in 1983. And right now, if I would go to where she's buried and try to ask her any questions or a quiz her or anything... I would get no answer. That body doesn't know anything because the body doesn't have a soul. Just like James said, without the spirit, the body is dead. So Ecclesiastics is actually talking about the body. In some places in the Bible, it talks about how the body at death is actually sleeping. Now, if you turn with me to Matthew, the book of Matthew, Matthew 27 to be exact, I can show you something. Matthew 27, starting at verse 50. This is... Uh, the crucifixion, the end of the crucifixion, actually, where Jesus cries out with a loud voice. Starting at verse 50, it says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghosts. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Key verse right here, 52. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. So right there in Matthew is showing you that the body didn't say the soul, it didn't say the spirits got up, it said the bodies that were in the grave that was sleeping arose. So a lot of times the Bible referred to when a person's dead and sleep, it's referring to the body. Without the spirit or the soul, the soul does not sleep. Hallelujah. Amen.
3: All found in the Word of God.
0: Yes, indeedy.
3: Remember, if you have any questions or comments, or you would just like to reach out to us, we can be reached at 215 207 5379. 215 207 5379. And you can also email us at in the Word 2020 at Outlook.com. In the Word 2020 at Outlook.com.
4: Greetings. This is Reverend Norma. I'm here to give a word of encouragement for the singles. We're currently facing a pandemic that has many of us stuck at home and social distancing. This can be extremely challenging if you are single. I want you to know that you are not alone. You are not less than everyone else because you're not in a relationship. You are not defective or insufficient. Refuse to believe the lie of the enemy that nobody wants you because yes, God wants you. My question for you today is, will you be God's Valentine? During your time of being single, God wants your undivided attention. He wants to have you all to himself. The first thing I want to challenge you to do with your singleness is to go all in with God. You should love the Lord our God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Many times in dating relationships, we focus on giving our all to the other person. Right now, God is saying, no, no, I deserve to have all of you first. He's not going to allow you to worship his mere creation above him, the creator. I challenge you to let God in every area of your life. There should be no part of you that is untouched by his presence. The second thing I want to challenge you to do is to have all eyes on me. Your singleness is a time of self-discovery. Keep all the focus on you. Who are you? What do you want to be? What do you want in your future? And most importantly, what is your life's purpose? The word tells us that God will give us the desires of our heart. This problem is sometimes we haven't did our self-discovery, and we don't even know what's in our own heart. So I challenge you right now to focus on yourself. Learn to love and accept yourself for where you are right now in life. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and it's time for you to embrace that. Please pray that God will send godly people in your life that help you develop those strong Christian friendships that are gonna help hold you accountable, that are gonna help you through those challenging times in life. Again, this is Reverend Norma asking you, will you be God's valentine? Hi, I'm Amethyst. And I'm Ariel. We're gonna show you how to
0: get to heaven. Wait, you're going to show me how to get to heaven? Yes, we're We're going to show you how to get to heaven. Let me sit down. Shoot your shot. A. Admit that you're a sinner. B. Believe that Jesus died on the cross. And C. Call upon the name of the Lord. Yes, Yes, that's it. I'm saved.
1: Hooray!
0: Amen, amen, amen. Now, if you just tuned in, you've been listening to It's in the Word, a weekly program designed to show you that whatever you're going through, it could be fixed if you go to the Word of God. Hallelujah. And remember, if you miss an episode, you can always catch a rebroadcast of this episode. Just go to our website and it'll lead you to our podcast. And that's in the wordpodcast.com. Again, that's in the wordpodcast.com. Go on and check us out. Now, today I want to look at the topic a friend indeed, or a perfect friend, if you will. Now, what is a perfect friend? And who is this perfect friend that I attend to talk about on today's episode of It's In the Word? Well, it should come as no surprise that Kenyatta the Preacher is basically going to talk about the ultimate friend, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For he is our perfect friend, the Lord of Glory, God Almighty, the one in whom we call Elohim, Jehovah, and El Shaddai. Now, he's not only our Lord and Master, but he's also powerful and holy. In his strength you cannot measure. I mean, he can hold a volcano in the palm of his hand, but yet have enough wisdom to be able to walk on a cloud. For our God is an awesome God, the one who slayed the kingdom of darkness and have opened up the seas with the breath of his nostrils. <laughs> I mean, if you dressed him in braille, you still couldn't touch him. Hallelujah. But this awesome guy who is so prestigious and infinitely important. Now, does he really want to be our friend? Well, you better believe he does. For James 2.23 says that Abraham was called a friend of God. God is eagerly waiting to call you his friend. Hallelujah. Why did God call Abraham his friend? Well, let's actually go to the book of James. The book of James found in the New Testament, chapter 2, verse 23, James 2, 23 states, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed, that means counted, unto him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. Abraham believed God. God told him he would make him a great nation And to leave the land where he was to a land that God was going to show him. And Abraham believed God. And God delighted so much in Abraham believing him. He actually declared Abraham as his friend. The first step of having God become your friend. You got to believe his word. For when you believe the word of God, God delights in it. He loves it when you believe his word. Hallelujah. Some would say, well, preacher. See, that was the Old Testament, and that was for Abraham, and that was his promise. How does that apply to us? Well, turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 41. The book of Isaiah, located in the Old Testament, chapter 41, verse 8 to be exact. It says right here, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. So right there, God is saying that not only Abraham is my friend, but everyone who will be the seed of Abraham, I am willing to call my friend. Now, who are the seed of Abraham? Turn with me to the book of Galatians found in the New Testament, the book of Galatians chapter three, looking at verse 29, it says, and if you, that's anyone, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed? and heirs according to the promise. So all who are in Christ is considered the seed of Abraham. Henceforth, all who are born again, all who have been washed in Jesus' blood, God is willing to call you his friend. In fact, God is calling you his friend if you have salvation today. Why? Because you belong to Christ. And because you belong to Christ, God wants to be your friend. Now, what kind of friend is God? Oh, God is a spectacular friend. First and foremost, he's faithful. It's God who woke you up this morning, started you on this brand new day, clothed in a right mind. For you know how many people went to bed last night and didn't wake up this morning or this afternoon? Hey, how about the people who have started off this year and is no longer here, but they're in eternity? For if you're listening to this program right now, you can testify that God has been faithful and merciful to you. Glory to God. It's God who supplies this planet with heat from the sun as well as oxygen so that we can breathe. It's God who have kept you from the home intruder, the house fire, and carbon monoxide poisoning that could have taken you out. God is merciful. He's a merciful friend. Things that you have done and should have died a long time ago because you've done it. Right now, you're still alive in the land of the living. You still have yet another chance to get it right. God is a merciful friend. Some of you didn't have nor can when you overdosed back in the day, but it was the Lord who rescued you and restarted your heart. Hallelujah. Many of us should be serving life in prison for the things that we've done against mankind and against God. But it was our merciful friend who decided to give us mercy so that we can have another chance. Glory to God. Now, I don't know anyone that can exhibit this type of friendship other than the person of Jesus Christ. For the Bible said that when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were all the sheep going astray. We were enemies of God when he decided to give his precious life on a cross that we may live. Now, this kind of friendship is the true friendship. Jesus Christ is the friend in need, the friend indeed, But with a great friendship, a friend never forces his friendship on you. It's something that you have to accept. God doesn't force salvation on anybody. But yet the book of Revelation says that how he's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. He's not going to kick the door in. He wants you to let him in to your life. God is knocking on your door. Telling you, listen, I have died for you. Can you live for me? Can we at least just be friends? All spectacular relationships start with friendship. And God this day wants to give you a spectacular relationship like you've never had before. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. To whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you made Jesus your friend? If you haven't, it, it's quite simple. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that God have raised Jesus from the dead. Believe that his blood washes away all that you've ever done that was displeasing in the sight. All the sins, all the wickedness that you've committed can be washed away with what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago. For the blood will never lose his power if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God have raised Jesus from the dead, as the Bible said, you shall be saved. Please pray this prayer with me. Oh, God, I'm a sinner and need to be saved. Forgive me for all my sins and wash me in the precious blood of your dear son. Save my soul, O Lord, and I'll serve you forevermore. Amen.
3: If you have made that decision today and you would like to reach us or you would just like to contact us, we can be reached at 215 207 5379. Again, we can be reached at 215 207 5379. And we also can be reached at in the word 2020 at outlook.com. That's in the word 2020 at outlook.com. Have you been blessed? I've been blessed. Praying you've been blessed also. Please tune in next week for another groundbreaking episode of It's In The Word. Kenyatta the Preacher, please pray us out.
0: Father God, we thank you for this time we spent in your word. And we thank you, Lord God, that you really want to be our friend. Oh, Lord, please make us friendship worthy. And we'll give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.